Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Stephanie Welch and Marcos Cruz. Stephanie Welch was 23 years old in 2001. She had two children with her soon-to-be ex-husband, Brian Welch. It's not clear how long they had been married, but from what I read, they still got along and were co-parenting their children. Stephanie worked at a cattle processing plant and lived in Lakin, Kansas. Lakin is the county seat of Kearney County, Kansas, and has a population of roughly 2,000. It's a small farming town with the addition of oil production and the natural gas industry. On February 28, 2001, Stephanie dropped her six-year-old son off at school. At around 9.15 a.m., she dropped dropped her two-year-old off at daycare. She was in the process of moving out of her mobile home and moving in with her fiancé, Roy Moore. It is presumed that after she dropped her children off, she went back to the mobile home to gather the rest of their belongings. Stephanie hasn't been seen or heard from since. Roy Moore picked up Stephanie's son when she failed to return home by 6 p.m. He reported her missing and learned that his car, the one that Stephanie had been driving, had been found earlier in the day. Roy Moore's 1990 Silver Mazda 626 was found parked in a private driveway of a mobile home park on the southeast side of Lakin around 11 a.m., two hours after she dropped her son off at daycare. Witnesses reported seeing an unidentified man dressed in all black walking away from the vehicle shortly after it was parked there. To the best of their knowledge, Stephanie didn't know anyone that lived in that mobile home park. I would say that if it was a town of 2,000, she probably did know. Probably, you would assume. Yeah. Authorities searched the vehicle and found Stephanie's jacket and wallet with $500 in it sitting on the front seat. The wheel wells were covered in snow and mud, indicating that whoever drove it to the mobile home park drove many miles out of town, presumably with Stephanie's body, before parking it there. Authorities believe that Stephanie was murdered in the time between dropping her son off at daycare and the car being found two hours later. Police brought in dogs, helicopters, and heat-seeking equipment to search the area, but but nothing was found. They said her body could be anywhere. There are abandoned wells scattered throughout the area that could easily conceal a body. Stephanie's soon-to-be ex-husband, Brian Welch, claimed that they were in the process of reconciling in early 2001 and that she had no plans on marrying Roy Moore. Roy Moore claimed that she was planning their wedding for July 2001. Welch and Moore are not considered suspects in Stephanie's disappearance. One of Stephanie's friends was also in the midst of a divorce at the same time, The friend's estranged husband allegedly threatened Stephanie sometime before she went missing. It's not clear what the threat was about, but he is also not considered a suspect. The only person of interest is the man in black seen walking away from her car the day that she was last seen. Authorities don't believe she left on her own. Stephanie's father says she would never leave without taking her children. She loved them more than anything. 
In 2002, her case was reclassified as a homicide. There have been no arrests in connection to her disappearance, and as far as I could find, the identity, the identity of the man in black hasn't been confirmed, or at least it hasn't been made public, if it is known. Stephanie Welch was 23 years old in 2001. She would be 43 years old today. She is described as Caucasian, 5'8", and 190 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She has a tattoo on her back and her right breast. She has a scar on her left buttock and a scar on her right elbow, and her navel is pierced. If you have any information about the disappearance of Stephanie Welch, please call the Kearney County Sheriff's Office at 620-355-6211. I, I come from a small town, and I would say that that um, uh, there's two things. One is is that she probably did know somebody in that trailer park. Two, right. somebody in that trailer park saw what was happening. Right. Just because of how they're built, there's one road in, usually, and out. Right. And usually houses on both sides. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was, somebody saw, somebody knows. Yeah. You don't. At the very least, somebody knows who this person was walking away, you know? Yeah. I mean, that if you, if it's in a mobile home park, they're not usually huge. And like no. you said, one road in, one road out. You would know. You would, somebody would know. And, right. and also, there's... I, I, somebody knows the answer here. Um, it, there must have been an alibi for the ex, the soon-to-be soon ex-husband, and the fiancé, for them not right. to be considered... In this right um, I couldn't find anywhere and I couldn't find there's really not a whole lot on this case but I couldn't find a whole lot of information about when exactly they were getting a divorce I mean early 2001 it was February it was February so I'm not sure how long that had been going on mm -hmm. or the, the she fiance. already planned a marriage yeah so I, July. it's very least, unclear at least one of them had stated that right and if she had $500 in her wallet. This wasn't a robbery. Oh. Um, yeah, there's... Somebody knows the... Somebody, I mean, other than the, the, the person who took her, somebody else knows. Right. And, um, and they're not telling. And, and there's... We have to watch out for each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we do. In a situation like this, somebody just got is scared. Yeah. Scared to report because they already made one person disappear. Mm -hmm. but especially in such a small town. Especially in such a small town. Yeah. Where not only do you know each other, you're related to a lot of each other. Right. You know, you're, you're related. It's right. just how it is. So this is a strange story, and uh, the story is about uh, Marcos Antonio Cruz, who went missing. There is not a lot to talk about, 
Marcos was only two when he went missing, and uh, but the story really revolves around um, around a cult that had connections to that this boy had connections to. So, on December fifteenth, nineteen eighty four, a two year old child, dressed in a pink dress and bonnet, was abandoned outside of the Catholic Church in San San Juan, Puerto Rico by a member of the House of Prayer for All People. The child was actually Marcos Antonio Cruz, dressed in girls' clothing. Now, I just want to say I'm not sure that somewhere he was, this was, somebody received this child, saw that it wasn't a female child, but it was a male child. And then I don't know what happened to him. Okay, sure. But, so the House of Prayer for All People was a cult based on, the, on collectivism and the teachings of the Old Testament. Members ate kosher and wore full-length robes and head coverings. The group was started in the mid-1980s by Robert and Anna Davidson of Zebulon, Georgia. Anna changed her last name to Young and took over the group after her husband died in 1988. Anna separated parents from their children. She starved, tortured, and beat members, especially children, for their sins. Each beating consisted of 33 lashes with a whip, the same number as Christ received on the cross. That's, that's a whole kind of evil in itself that I could go on and on about. Were the, were the parents and children members of the cult that she separated? So I understand that okay. they were. Okay. I understand they were, but they were separated from sure. each other. Anna ordered that Marcos be abandoned in Puerto Rico because he was, quote, full of the devil, unquote. In 1992, Anna bathed a 12-year-old girl in bleach, causing severe burns, and then tied her to a bed, which made the burns worse and caused permanent scarring. When the girl's parents found her, they took her to the hospital, and Anna was convicted of child abuse. Before she was sentenced, she went on the run with her youngest daughter, Joy. In 2000, Anna was located in Alton, Illinois, and sent to jail for six months for the child abuse case. She then settled in Cobb County, Georgia. In 2017, Joy reported that in 1988 or 1989, her mother had killed a toddler known as Moses Young when he was two years old. The child's real name was Iman Harper. The other cult members were able to corroborate the story and reported that Anna had beaten and starved the boy for over a period of, had starved the boy over a period of time. They reported that he was found dead inside her closet. Anna reported that she had given the boy away to be raised by monks. Anna was charged with his death in 2017. Anna's stepdaughter, Katherine Davidson, disappeared in 1973 at the age of six and has never been found. Joy reported to police that their older sister had told her that Anna had bound and gagged Catherine and placed her in the closet when they had lived in Chicago. The other children heard scratching all night long. When the noise stopped, they looked into the closet and found Catherine in the fetal position, dead. Robert Davidson, or Jonah Young as he was later known as, was never charged with the crime. Nobody has been charged with the disappearance of Catherine Davidson or Marco Antonio Cruz. Foul play is suspected in both cases. 
Marcus Antonio Cruz was last seen on December 15, 1984 in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He would be 38 years old today. Marcos is an African-American male with black hair and brown eyes. If you know anything about the disappearance of Marcos Antonio Cruz, contact the Alachua County Sheriff's Office at 352-955-1818. This case was difficult for me because there was so little information available about this boy. They didn't have an approximate weight or height, and I don't know what happened to him. He obviously was found by somebody who could say that this wasn't a female child, but it was a male child. Right. Right. Do we know, so we know that the child that was left at the Catholic Church was named Marcos Cruz, or do they assume that? I think, I, I think, well, I think that they have to assume that. Okay. Because the child would have no identification. Right. And, and, and it was said that at that, that time that a child with that name was dropped off gotcha. by okay. a member at the church. I mean, we know that Anna said, Anna ordered that he be abandoned there, but right. I wasn't sure if they actually knew. They they don't. And, so there's and, no way of knowing. And that. also, it doesn't indicate that the child, that anything that, it, from the being dropped off at the Catholic Church, anything after that. Right. It, it could be that one the member who dropped the child off is reporting that they that the child was dressed in in um, a pink dress and bonnet, but there's no there's no indication of somebody receiving the child. Right. Um, there's no indication of and and from the things that were reported, the crimes, the actual crimes that she was charged with and accused of. Um, it wouldn't be beyond her to have killed a two-year-old child, but. The, that's what's so strange about this is that there's no indication that he was actually received at the Catholic Church. Right. Just right. that it was reported that he was... Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what I wasn't sure about if, yeah. if he was actually or if it was just reported. Yeah. It was... I, I, I don't... It was... It was reported. Just awful. Why? And she's still fine? I mean, she's still alive. And she's still alive. And... um and it was her, you know, it, it was her daughter who was a child at the time that that she went on the on the run. Right. Um, it was her daughter that that turned her in and, and, and eventually got her mate um, to pay for a crime that she committed. Um, all the other adults in that group, nobody, nobody did anything right if they, we know if we know one person has done these things how many other people well and, and also that that there was that many people that knew she had done those things and hadn't reported and hadn't stopped her right. um she was physically abusive to children and adults and they allowed it to happen i mean and i, I just find it so why a person what kind of psychosis do you have that you attack children between the ages of two and six 
2 and 14, 2 and 12, what, what kind of sickness, illness, damage do you have to have to, to do that? It's so terrifying. Do we know if this cult is still it around? You know what, I, I, look, I looked it up and I didn't do a lot of studying on that cult. And it, what it said in this, it, what it said was is that it, it for the most part, disbanded. Sure. Um, but and at, the, at this specific one, that it's, at its largest, it was 24 members. Okay. Which you know, could have been half adult, half children, but the, um, there were adults who didn't do anything to stop her from, from this. And, and, um, and I, I just, there is something so very, very dangerous about a person, male, female, young or old, who who will harm a defenseless child, animal. There's some, there's... It's a special kind of evil. It really is. It really feels that way. It's just terrifying. It's just terrifying. That can't, can't defend itself against you, and there's, um... Yeah, I... It is a special kind of evil, and and uh, and it made me so it made me so sad to be. I didn't have a weight or a height. They knew he was an African American male child with black hair and brown eyes. And that's all that's known of this child. And I guess maybe I'm assuming, but um, these kids more than likely didn't go to school. They weren't, you know, they didn't weren't on the public. Usually, when you're in a, some sort of an organized cult like that, you're not usually in the you're public educa- school. You're educating, being educated within the system of there. Sure. So there weren't eyes. Nope. There weren't eyes on him. You know, and like, just that right there, the fact that there, that's one of the concerns that I have about right now as we're in a pandemic, is that, and while our school is, it's still in session in a hybrid mode, uh, um, there are a lot of students uh, children who are going to school 100% online and and nobody else has eyes on these children or victims of domestic violence or uh, elderly uh, senior citizens or vulnerable adults. And it means that if somebody is an individual who preys on the vulnerable, that they're at risk. And when they aren't seen by other parts of the population, they're really, they're in danger. Right. And there's nobody to say, hey, why, why, you've got a bruise on your face. Yeah. Why would you, why do you have a bruise on your face? Um, Even just, you're an adult you, female. Why yeah. did you, why, what, what's wrong? You look upset. Right. You know, any of those things that would, um, it's actually because somebody works or because somebody is in the community that sometimes some of those things are under control, but when they're not going into their job in the community, not going to the grocery store, that people, some, some people, there are at more risk right. at times like this. And I think in this case, 
the um, this small group of people, it um, tightly knit and nobody else outside of the group saw those children. And nobody in the group did anything to stop her. Right. There will be a special place in hell for her. Mm -hmm. and, may, and any adult that allowed that to happen. Right. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. My distraction this week is kind of a continuation of last week's. Okay. Um, I was able to find more of children's answers to what is love. Oh. I was able to find more of them. Really? Yes. So, so what is love? Yes, what is love? Love is when you go out to eat and give somebody most of your french fries without making them give you any of theirs. What? Chrissy, heck? age eight, or age six, sorry. I want to eat with Chrissy. <laughs> She'll give you all her fries. Maybe, if she loves Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> Love is when you kiss all the time. Then, when you get tired of kissing, you still want to be together and you talk more. My mommy and daddy are like that. They look gross when they kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, they all age do. eight. <laughs> they all, of course they do. It is gross. Bobby, age seven. Love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Oh my god, he's right. <laughs> so cute. Such a smart little boy. <laughs> Noel, age seven. Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt, then he wears it every day. <laughs> it's true. He might be seven or 57. <laughs> Tommy, age six. Love is like a little old woman and a little old man who are still friends even after they know each other so well. It's true. <laughs> so true. They are, they've got it. They understand. Yeah. Uh, Cindy, age eight. During my piano, piano recital, I was on stage and I was scared. I looked at all the people watching me and saw my daddy waving and smiling. He was the only one do doing that. I wasn't scared anymore. Oh, love that. <laughs> Claire, age six. My mommy loves me more than anybody. You don't see anybody else kissing me to sleep at night. <laughs> nope. Nope. Nobody else is coming in and giving me kisses <laughs> at night to go to sleep. <laughs> Marianne, age four. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you left him alone all day. Oh, it's, it's true. So true. It's, it's true. true. Lauren, age four. I know my older sister loves me because she gives me all her old clothes and has to go out and buy new ones. <laughs> that is the right perspective. That is the right perspective. <laughs> yes. She's given me the best. Oh my She's gosh. giving me her favorites, and yes. uh, now they're my favorites, and right. then she has to go find others. Yeah, she has to go get new ones. That poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that girl's going to be happy all her life. Yes, yes. Karen, age seven. When you love somebody, your eyelashes go up and down and little stars come out of you. 
It's true. If you look real close, (laughs) you can see it. (laughs) That was the last one. Jessica, age eight. You really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot. People forget. It's true. These children know. I know. They're so I don't smart. Think, I don't think that an adult could say it better. I know. You share most of your french fries. Yeah. Right. You wear the same shirt. You say it's a nice <laughs> shirt and then you keep wearing it to show. It's just so sweet. I was so glad I found more of them. It's there. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think adults would do a better job of no. describing love. No. no, they wouldn't. We get in our heads and... <laughs> yeah, we make stuff. it too complicated. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it's just give your french fries up. Give dad the big piece of chicken. <laughs> so I have... Um, I have some Thanksgiving dad jokes. <laughs> okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Gladys. Gladys who? Gladys Thanksgiving, aren't you? <laughs> that is such a dad joke. <laughs> uh, if April showers bring, bring Mayflowers, what do Mayflowers bring? Pilgrims. Mayflower. Oh, that was good. Mayflower. That was good. Where do you find a turkey with no legs? I don't know. Exactly where you left it. <laughs> Yep. Oh my gosh. Yep, that's awful. <laughs> a lady was picking through the frozen turkeys at the grocery store for Thanksgiving, but couldn't find one big enough for her family. She asked the stock boy, do these turkeys get any bigger? And he said, no ma'am, they're dead. <laughs> not anymore. It's a dad in training. Yeah, <laughs> not, they're not, no matter how much you feed them. Yep. Why do pilgrims' pants always fall down? I don't know. Because they wear their belt buckles on their hats. Oh, well, that would make sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Why? What do? What did the turkey say to the computer? Google, 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 <laughs> Google, Google, Google. That's hard to say. Gobble, gobble. Google, Google, Google. That's <laughs> oh, sad. What did the turkey say to the turkey hunter on Thanksgiving Day? I don't know. Quack, quack. <laughs> Move. <laughs> Something. Anything else. Uh, what kind of music did the pilgrims listen to at the first Thanksgiving feast? I don't know. Plymouth Rock. Oh, good, good, good. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I was going to serve sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving, at the, with Thanksgiving dinner, but I sat on them. What are you serving now? Mashed squash. Oh. <laughs> That's good. That's good. What do you call a turkey on the day after Thanksgiving? Lucky. <laughs> Can a turkey jump higher than the Empire State Building? No. Of course he can. A building can't jump at all. Oh, but not. Yeah, that was, good. thank you. I didn't deserve that. <laughs> Why can't you take a turkey to church? Because they use foul language. Oh, yep, yep, yep. What happened when the turkey got into a fight? I don't know. He got the stuffing knocked out. <laughs> they are so, so... <laughs> they're all PG, though. Um, what do you get when you cross a turkey with a banjo? I don't know. A turkey that can pluck itself. <laughs> that one was good. That was good. And the last one. <laughs> who doesn't eat on Thanksgiving? I don't know. A turkey, because he's already stuffed. Oh, those were good. Those were really good. 
And with that, happy Thanksgiving. Yes. <laughs>